0: Vlad here, welcome to Cat Pick Fridays episode number 33. And once again, I'm joined by Mr. Richard Morgan. Hello, hello, podcast. Hello, Vlad. How are hello, you doing? Pod- I'm doing well considering the circumstances, I guess. Uh, some of the listeners and viewers might know that uh, me and my wife had a baby, it's all well. When this episode airs, it will be two weeks already, a time that just absolutely flew by. (laughs) And I kind of need to check the photos and everything, like what actually happened during these weeks. But yeah, we had a baby and uh, I'm going to talk about it a bit more in the recent happenings section. But first, thank you so much for watching And listening and as always this episode is available both on youtube and on apple podcasts and spotify and on podbean app as well i'm pretty sure of that and if you want to be part of the questions and comments section of this show you can leave a comment down below on the youtube app and then you can also email us at podcasts at catpickstudios.com and there's a bunch of links and timestamps and things like that for the show as well in the description, both on podcast platforms and on YouTube. And yeah, if you want to support what we do, there's ways to do that as well. And yeah, we have a fun show today, a very packed show actually. There's a bunch of Harley Benton stuff, boss, loopers, noise gates, guitars, tiny pedals or shrunken pedals, i I should say. Uh, in the albums of our lives, we are going to dive into an album that's probably like top three most influential albums for me of all time. So, there's that. Not going to reveal yet what it is. And we are also going to comment on your comments, slash, answer your questions. And also, in the weekend, watch the Beatles. There's a new, really, really cool looking tra- trailer of what's the what's it called? Get Back. Uh, Basically, well, we'll talk about it more, but much of footage was kind of not found, but it was kept away for, what, 50 years, and now Peter Jackson is directing like a mini-series slash movie out of all of that. So, yeah, we're going to dive into that as well. But first, (laughs) let's talk about some baby news and everything that has happened over the past couple of weeks in... Everyone's favorite segment, Recent Happenings. Yes, babies, uh, Recent Happenings. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago on Friday, me and my wife went to hospital and was it eight, nine hours later, our second daughter was born Everyone is doing well. And for the past couple of weeks, we've been kind of getting used to the new normal here. Life is certainly a bit busier, but also really awesome. And we're super grateful that we got out of the hospital like in less than 48 hours, I think. So we went there on Friday morning and we were out by like Sunday afternoon. So that was really nice because. Last time it was like seven or eight days, like a few days before our first daughter was born and then couple like three or four days after and it was scorching hot in 2018 that time. And the hospital had like old space at that point. Like it was really, really hard now, proper air conditioning and it's like that. And just sitting there waiting to get home is very frustrating. So this was r- great. In 48 hours, all of a sudden, there was four of us, and we were home. And yeah, for the past two weeks, it's been getting used to the new family member and also just having lots of relatives and friends visit us because everybody wants to see the baby. And yeah, I've been doing some light work here and there, but mostly taking time off as well, which has actually been great. And before anyone asks, yes, we've been sleeping pretty well. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I guess
1: you've been holding a lot more babies in your hands than guitars these past two weeks.
0: Am I right? I'd like to say, yeah, pretty much. I don't consider my older daughter a baby anymore because she's three, she talks more than most of the five-year-olds I know. <laughs> like, it's more like... I, I, I'm just going to say, like even... Though it's been only th- like roughly three years when we had her, I, I had forgotten how like uninteractive <laughs> the small babies are. They sleep, they make sounds, they poop, they eat, and that's it. Like they barely react to your presence in a way. <laughs> it's going to change fairly fast, but like they don't do that much yet, which is great because like it gives you time to get used to everything like if they would move or like walk right away that would be pretty chaotic
1: yeah exactly imagine if you had to keep you know making sure that they didn't want to go upstairs or downstairs or out into the garden and chase the local wild animals and stuff like that so you're lucky you have a bit of time (laughs) for them to get used to you and you to get used to them and by the time they can walk you you kind of know their personality a bit and you know where they're gonna go
0: I yeah, guess exactly. I say
1: this as someone who doesn't yet have his own first child, so maybe it's different. But yeah. Mm. Congratulations I mean, again from me and all of the listenership on the addition to the to the Vlad family. And thank you. I think I speak for all of us when I say I'm looking forward to seeing the the Halinen family band performing on
0: Captain <laughs> Friday's
1: episode well, maybe five
0: hundred or something. I'm not sure how long Could it be. would take <laughs> for
1: them to be competent enough to perform but a couple of years at least
0: yeah yeah my older daughter already kind of almost sings in pitch which is crazy and she's really really into music and like it's cool to see like she reacts very emotionally to music like uh she decides whether she likes a song based on like what kind of emotions it kind of conveys in her if it's a happy song she might start like jumping and Almost screaming out of happiness, and like with some songs, she's like immediately, I don't like this. It could be like a sad song or something, even though she doesn't even know what the song might be about. But she just reacts to it emotionally, mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting to follow because I like I need to ask my dad whether me and my siblings were the same when we were small, because we come from a fairly musical family. Like my father is very kind of artistic. He. At some point used to paint. He was part of like big choirs and all kinds of stuff. And um, I think like I'm I'm interested to hear whether we were like this as well. Because I remember like me and my sister especially, like we played classical instruments as well and stuff like that. So gotta ask him at some point. And uh, a little bit of sad news as well. We are in the process of giving up both of our cats. <sighs> N- not only because, like, cats that actually kind of. The reason why this channel is called Catpick Studios is because of those two cats. And unfortunately, we'll have to be. We'll be giving them away at some point with two kids and a fairly small apartment. Uh, it's a bit too much to worry. And the, one of the cats has been sick lately as well. <laughs> Though. It might look like, and it's, again, you know the saying, cats are assholes. Like, a lot of people like to say that. Uh, What has probably made one of our cats sick is the other cat, even though they've lived together for, like, seven or eight years. The older cat, like, we read somewhere, like, when there's two, like, female cats, at some point, they just might start, like, really disliking each other. (laughs) And we separated them now for a few days and all of a sudden the sick cat that was like super sick and we were almost ready to put her down seems to be doing fine all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll probably be finding two new homes for them at some point. It's a bit sad, but then again, yeah, all of the hassle we have had to go through over the past few months with them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that is Hass- literal proof of a toxic relationship.
0: Right there, <laughs>
1: humans can but have it too, but also also animals.
0: Yeah, but I mean the thing is like it started as a great relationship. The second cat, the young one, uh, we were promised that like I think you can give out cats when they're three months old. Like that's when they could move out of home, and we were promised, okay, like, hey, yeah, yeah, this cat will be it's it's three months old. Like uh, some guy said, yeah, he'll bring it to us. And when we got the cat, it was like probably barely like a month old. Barely could walk, but barely could do anything. So all the cats kind of adopted her. So there's almost like a mother-daughter type of relationship, which went toxic all of a sudden. <laughs> and here we are now. <laughs> They're both doing better separately. So maybe it's time to move on then. So yeah, there's that as well. but. Weird, weird times. Sorry about all the cats and family talk, but there's been so, so freaking much going on over the past two weeks that kind of feels good to get some of this out of the system as well. Just just recapping it kind of helps me to process everything that has happened. And I think we might start diving into the actual show as soon as I find my notes somewhere, which are over here. Uh yeah. Let's talk about something else than babies, cats, and stuff. No, actually, I also have to mention that because of all of this, the launch of my album that came out two weeks ago uh, completely failed. Like, I, obviously, I'm not going to like have some sort of like album release premiere from a hospital. <laughs> but <laughs> I had like scheduled premiere on YouTube. I would like like invite all the people to hang with me and chat about the album while it was playing and stuff like that, and. What I ended up doing was like basically just putting it out there, and it's there now. But I've I had zero time to do any kind of promotion for it or anything like that. Then same kind of happened with the previous Cat Pick Fridays episode as well, which I just threw it out and like a day later created like texts and thumbnails for it and stuff like that. I mean, that's way way less important than what was going on, but it's kind of funny that, that happened. I actually did go from the ho- on Saturday, I actually did go from the hospital to release the church EP. We had like a live stream thing going on, and um, because I was one of the producers, and engin- I engineered all the real instruments and vocals, and produced all the vocals and a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, my wife was like, hey, we're doing okay here in the hospital, you want to go to the live stream? And I went there, and I nearly fell asleep while driving there already, then I got some bunch of mm. coffee, Somehow managed to go through the live stream looking fairly normal and not start saying anything too stupid. And yeah, I kind of like, once I got, I, I wasn't allowed to stay at the hospital overnight, So once I got home with my older daughter, uh, we just crashed and just slept for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Two weeks in, everything's good. Let's talk about guitars now. I think I, I, I'm i starting to have brain capacity to talk about something else as well now, so that's cool. It's time. Yep. We, yep. Let's do it. Yes. That, thank you. We're going to start with a banger because Harley Benton just released. Fusion. HH roasted. Uh, let's click a button so we can see them as well. Kaboom. Yeah, basically dual humbucker floating bridge kind of uh, Telecaster-style shred machines. i got to say, these look cool. As anyone has who has ever watched anything I do, I have a sp- soft spot for tellies, and I kind of want one. I kind of want one.
1: Yeah, I kind of also do. I think they were teasing these guitars just when... We recorded our previous live episode, so almost two weeks ago, and now they're here. And yeah, it's no massive surprise what they are, but they look very, very cool. And they're doing that Harley Benton thing of, if you look down and see the prices, we'll see that they cost around €400, so we're up at kind of premium Harley Benton prices in terms of that brand. But look at the specifications, what you get for that money, and it's just... They're really knocking it out of the
0: park right now with what they're offering. Yeah, and once again, shell pink. Okay, this looks a little bit pinkish at least. But yeah. like, <laughs> it's still not. <laughs> there's, there's a hint of pink in this one.
1: There's a hint of pink. Look at the flame on that ah, neck, that. on the back of
0: the neck there. It's beautiful. It's, it's very, it looks great. Uh we talked about the ALS, like, the only thing I don't like about these is the fact that I think the Tesla pickups that come with the ALS were, like, a tier above the Roswell pickups that are on these. I, that, that's how I feel, at least, like...
1: You think? Okay.
0: Yeah, that's my experience. I've had a couple guitars with Roswell pickups. I've had the, um, the one that looks like Pete Thorne's signature, so, so that's, like... Uh, whatever the model name was. It's part yeah, of the Fusion a, That's a series, Fusion though. as well, isn't it? But yeah, Fusion yeah, S, like, I'm going to guess. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, not yeah, because um, I'm a fan let's... of the pickup as on the ALS, but you can always swap yeah. them.
1: Let's go through the specifications of these guitars quickly yes. for anyone who can't see it. So yeah, um, they're part of the Pro Series, again, which is the more expensive. I'm not going to say the boutique Harley Benton range, because there aren't any <laughs> real boutique Harley Benton ranges either, but the the less yeah. cheap of the Harley Benton range. So, roasted hard Canadian flame maple necks, twin Roswell Alnico 5 humbuckers, a Wilkinson 2-point TREM system. So you've got a whammy on this tele model, which is quite an unusual thing. And yep. WSC staggered locking tuners. WSC is not Wilkinson. I get a fair bit of confusion on my videos and I always mm. make the distinction that WSC is a separate brand. I would say a level below Wilkinson stuff. And they also have a 42 millimeter GraphTech Tusk XL nut. So we're looking at fairly similar specs to the ALS apart from those pickups as you mentioned. Yep. And if you scroll down just a little bit more, I'm going to guess we have stainless steel frets. Yes, we do. 22 of those, medium jumbo. The bodies are that unpronounceable wood, sapele, Sapele? Sapele. sapella, something like that. Sapele. Yeah. I'm going to pronounce it after the footballer, sapele. Um, (laughs) And I don't really know how heavy that wood is generally, but I'm guessing these are going to be quite weighty beasts. Yeah. And the colours. Ice Blue, Uh. Shell Pink, Flame Bengal Burst, Daphne Blue, Dark Pink, and Silver Sparkle. So pretty much something for everybody who doesn't want, you know, a two-tone sunburst. Although with the Flame Bengal Burst, you're not that far away anyway. But these are definitely modern, double humbucker, equipped Telecaster vibes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I should also mention that the colors have been designed or like chosen by our friend Hunter from Agufish channel. He actually posted a video. Oh, really? What the title was, I yes, didn't know that. I chose the colors for this. <laughs> so, yeah, I like this a lot. The neck joint looks great. We are watching the Thorman uh, website right now and like. Yeah, it's still like a bolt on neck, but there's a nice carve. Should give you a very nice higher bed access. Yeah. I am very interested in one of these. Look at that. Yeah, like, I mean, that looks great.
1: Yeah, it looks amazing. It, it's very sewer vibey, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, you should uh, get in touch with your friends at Harley Benton and get one sent to you immediately. Now you've got time to maybe pick up your guitar again. It's probably not my ballpark as much because, for me personally, I love tellies as well, but I have never loved a telly with a whammy bar on it. So, I mean, it could be something for me to try, but I suspect that I would just prefer to have it without. So, it's not for me, sadly. But that's okay.
0: That's okay. You don't have to like everything. Yeah, there's a guitar guitar for everybody. Yeah, I I, I kind of feel I would have trouble choosing which one. Uh, can can I we like have a closer pink? look at
1: the? Yeah, I like that. Can we have a closer look at the dark pink?
0: Yeah, but, that, that I think that might be the one. In oh, Finnish, oh, yeah. uh, I would call. I think I've mentioned before. It looks like be, like there's a Finnish as uh, saying like it looks like berry porridge. So like it's exactly like this berry of,
1: porridge. Okay. Yes. That, that guitar looks very Charvel-esque to me. Yeah. And I know that you have a thing for pink Charvels too. So that yes, would be your you choice. For me one. personally, I would like a more neon pink if I was going to get a pink guitar, because if you're going to go pink, you go all in for me. But <laughs> that's, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. True. Again, roasted maple for the neck is great and for the fingerboard. But with that color, I would like to see like an ebony board instead. instead. I would love that
0: yeah
1: but look at the flame yeah, on the back of that hard... neck. That's
0: crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think like I remember hearing somewhere that there's more and more like factories who are able like the technology of like um, roasting maple has evolved quite a bit. like even 10 years ago it was a rarity. like in very few places actually like produced that and now it's it's kind of everywhere why not yeah, maple and is it, more like less rare and stuff like that it's kind of env- more environmental friendly as well you know i want to take yeah, like exactly at the and, you know
1: maple well. has been a, a traditional fingerboard and neckwood for ages and now for people who wanted rosewood but can't have it anymore on cheap guitars because of the site's regulations we have roasted maple and it looks great but the one thing for me about roasted maple is that because of the guitars that it first started appearing on, it has a more kind of metal vibe for me, and less of a mm. classic sort of a sort of a, an aesthetic. So I always feel True. like a guitar with a a roasted maple neck and fingerboard is going to be kind of a modern one as opposed to a more classic leaning one.
0: Yep. I mean, this looks great. But yeah, I'm actually starting to lean towards the Shell Pink one. <laughs> I'm so going to email Harley Benton after this show.
1: Do it. I would uh, love it if they'd made like a gold one of these. I think. Or, oh, can we see the silver sparkle? Like, a, so, I've been kind of looking around for sort of a, a satin gold finish guitar for quite a while, just on the off chance that something shows up at a decent price. But there's not many gold guitars to be had.
0: Yeah, like the, some of these have like. That's actually really cool. Huh?
1: That's a nice finish, but the silver sparkle is only on the top, isn't it? Not on the back or the sides. Yeah. I'm guessing it's to ah, see how many pieces of wood are in that body. That's interesting.
0: Oh, that's true. One,
1: two, uh, two, yeah, three. this is one four is a of three.
0: Three piece? Uh, I think I'm seeing three. No, maybe four. On this left side, there might be a fourth piece. Yeah. <sighs> yeah,
1: that's how you Which say is absolutely mine. not a problem, by the way. It's just no. something you no, no, can no. see on this guitar and not on the others. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you can I see actually no as well that the, the back of that neck is way less flamed. By the way, your Aeolus, how flamed is that neck? Because mm, in the specifications, let the Aeolus necks are a mentioned as flamed, but mine is not flamed at all, at least not to the naked eye. I mean, obviously, it's been you know, produced in that way, but there is no flame
0: that you can see and enjoy. Allow me to switch the camera, bigger. sorry, listeners, but just, yeah, it's not mm. that flamey. Mm. No. I mean, it's very difficult to show this, a bit more going on maybe here closer to the neck joint, but it's not oh, yeah, like super, super apparent.
1: Yeah, just when you twisted it then, there's a little bit down towards the dusty end of the fretboard, closer to you, yes. where you can kind of see it a little bit, but not that much. So nothing True. like what we've got on these new Fusion T's. But it's it's interesting yeah, to see in the Alus there in your hand. I feel like the Fusion T's are basically exactly the same guitar as the Alus apart from the body shape. And they cost the same Vox. amount of money, roughly €400. Euros. The one big difference being that the is semi-hollow and has the Tesla pickups and the Fusion T's have the Wilkinson whammy bar and bridge yeah. on them and that probably accounts for the budget, I would say.
0: Yeah. The Silver Sparkle one looks great as well. Uh, except I need to click the button so everyone else can see it as well. There you go. Yeah. I, I kind of like that one as well. The thing is, like when you order one of these, you need to remember that... Uh, uh, there will probably be quite a lot of variation in the colors and flaminess and stuff like that.
1: Just of course, because, yeah, and of, yeah, it's a budget but Harley Benton guitar. also picks the most beautiful guitar that they can find to take official pictures of, oh, yeah, of course, absolutely, as any brand would. Yeah,
0: but the sparkle exactly. on that is
1: lovely, very yeah, nicely it done. It looks
0: great. I didn't know I would like lo- like a sparkle guitar, but that looks great. Yeah, then the some Do
1: they do S-type yeah. guitars in this new
0: range as well? Uh, I think they put out a range of those as well. So let's see, Fusion S. Let's go with that one. We're searching the Thomann website. Um, yep. Seems like they do. There's the Daphne Blue, the Shell Pink one. I, got, yeah, same I think price. they kind of same released this at the same time. This is also kind of cool. Is it gold hardware? Eee, no, I don't like gold hardware.
1: It doesn't work with the shell pink on that. Yeah, instrument that, does it. Yeah, that. Yeah, gotta be
0: more specific. But this looks silver. What? I hope they didn't put a gold bridge and a silver colored tuners. That would be a bit. Does that look a bit shelving? it looks different in every image. Yeah. Oh, well. That looks like it's Chrome. That's definitely Chrome,
1: that one. But the other one looks gold, 100%. So, again, get Harley Benton
0: to send you one, and then you'll find out in person. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Harley Benton, they have something else out as well. There's Harley Benton... Mini Stomp range, and you're actually f- familiar with this. Did you yeah, say that you have some of these pedals? Yeah, mm, I bought cool. a couple, because I'm such a
1: a fanboy of certain pedal types, and these cost about 20 euros a piece, a little bit less than that, oh. most of them. So they're very, very cheap. Yeah, the Harley Benton compact effects pedal range is called Mini Stomp, and I think there's 23 Pedals in the range so far. And (laughs) what they basically are is kind of, you know, cheap mini sized clones or homages, if you will, to more popular pedal types. I'm just guessing here because I don't have any, you know, official linkage or quotes from the guys at Harley Benton, but I suspect that these are just, you know, pretty much bang on identical to the other mini pedals that you can find from other manufacturers and Harley Benton have taken their favourites, the ones that they wanted, rebranded them, maybe done the odd new feature here and there, and brought them out. And If you can see what we're looking at now, that's the list of the different pedals they have there, Vlad. So yeah, there's definitely over 20. There's at least, I think, 7 or 8 different drives, from boosts to overdrives, distortions and fuzzes. There's delays and reverbs. There's a 5-band EQ, which is one of the ones which I actually decided to go for because Mm. I've been looking for an EQ pedal for quite a while. 20 bucks. This is kind of How I see these pedals is if you're interested in a certain kind of effect, you know, if you're interested in getting to grips with an EQ pedal, this is the cheapest, the most affordable way to get into doing that and finding out if you like that kind of effect, and if you feel it would be useful for you, and if you want, then later you can go on and buy the real deal. So for me, the pedal that really stood out from this lot was the Rodent, which Mm. (laughs) I'm sure most of you can guess from the name is, of course... Harley Benton's take on the Proco Rat pedal. And when I said earlier that I feel like these are identical to all the other mini pedals out there, I also have the Moor Black Secret. I'll hold them up together. And yeah, we can see that that these are two very, very similar looking pedals from the off. (laughs) The gain control is a slightly different color. There's actually, on the Harley Benton, there's three selectors on the mini-switch there, to toggle between three different RAT models, there's only two on the MUA. But apart from that, pretty much identical. But for €20, as this one was, and if you're watching this now, my video is already out of this pedal, it was... it performs very, very well indeed. It just does that RAT thing. And I think that's what all of these pedals can do. The third one which I got was the Dr. D, which I find to be a (laughs) rather unfortunate name. Made me laugh anyway. It's gold. And Dr. D is actually a Dumble Drive pedal. So I don't know what this is particularly a ripoff of, or a clone of, or an homage to. But Mua, for example, also have one called the Rumble Drive, which is also a Dumble pedal. And that has exactly the same control layout. It's just green. So there you go. So that's probably what these pedals are. But, you know, when it comes to mini pedals like this, there are a lot of them around. You see a lot of different companies who make them. Most of them, at least for me, living in Germany, are available on stores like Amazon, and they're from companies that you don't even know. And so mm. if Harley Benton is putting out a range of them, ordering from Toman is something that I've done a lot. I feel more kind of security in doing that. And if I have a bad experience, no yeah. problem to send them back or anything like that. So there we go. I, I don't think this is the right place for us to get into a discussion about clones, you know, or copy pedals or, you know, who owns circuits yeah. and stuff like this. But I feel like this is Harley Benton taking another step to corner every every angle of the guitar market at the cheapest point of it. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about these, by the way? Because I've been talking for quite a while now.
0: What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of interested. Uh, I, I've actually been thinking about getting like an EQ as well. And if you can get like a... A 5-band EQ, that's small, and it's like fairly noise-free, for example. That's killer. There's, oh, just a second, There you go. Yeah, that uh, looks uh, I really can't good. make it focus
1: on that. Yeah,
0: it's decent. And I should also
1: say, by the way, that MUA has a 5-band EQ pedal called the Graphic G, I think. And it looks just like this. And there are other companies like Tom's Line... And other mini pedal companies, again, on places like Amazon, search them out, you'll find them. They're probably all built in the same place. Maybe, yeah, it looks allegedly like
0: that, definitely. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, there's some interesting ones that, like, you don't, you mean, like, when we're talking about like, a mini pedal range and a budget-friendly one as well, uh, there's few that are a bit, like, more... Well, they stand out. There's, like, a DI box plus cap sim... Uh, Mm -hmm. actually I think like having a five band guitar and bass EQs is pretty cool. I actually could probably order both. Then there's a headphone amplifier, which is interesting. There's an ABY box. There's an acoustic simulator. That's really cool. I mean, yeah, I have to agree on the fact that uh, ordering from Thor one instead of like Amazon and anything like that, especially since we live in the EU, uh, there's always the 30-day return policy, at least for me, when I order from them. So mm. I can get these, try them out, and if there's like any fault with any of those, or if I just don't like them, I can send them back. And that's it. Yeah,
1: exactly. And no questions asked. And you know, yeah. even if you don't like them that much, Christmas is coming up. They cost 20 bucks. Mm. Give them to another guitar player in your life and and they will love you yeah. forever. I mean, exactly.
0: 20 euros
1: is incredibly cheap. I mean, obviously these yep. pedals cost, you know, a euro, two euros for them to make, possibly yes. more, possibly less, depending on current prices, but it's it's an almost unheard of price. I yep. feel like... We shouldn't take away from the fact that there are the original brands out there. And I say in my Rodent video that I will always recommend the Proco Rat over this, because it's Mm. the original that this and so many other pedals come from. But again, if you're someone who, for example, has never had a Rat-type pedal, and you want to try out that kind of overdrive, and you don't want to spring for something more expensive, you just give out your 20 bucks for this, and then you've got that rat sound and it's 99% there. It sounds really good. So there you go. Nice. Yep. I don't think these pedals will be as successful as Harley Benton guitars, by the way. I mean, they've yeah. done pedals before and they don't seem to have the same respect among guitar players that the guitars now have. At yeah. least that's the way uh, I see it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say there's a reason for that as well, because some of the Halloween pedals I've tried, uh, sounds have always been decent at least, but the quality, build quality and stuff like that, uh, not so much. So maybe this range might be different, but it's also like for people in like America, for example. There's other kind of pedal lines that cost roughly the same, but then you can order them through like Sweetwater or something, so you have the return policy stuff there as well. So, and again, they might all <laughs> come from the same factory actually, but I don't like I don't think if you live in the US, for example, it may it make it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to order one or like order some of these pedals there, but because you have kind of similar ones available there. The, I think you mentioned, like, the Ronin, then I don't remember what else Ryan has been demoing on, on their channel. So, yep. But I kind of have a feeling I might get few just to try them out at some point. But let's move on to the next one. Boss has released the new Boss RC 600. <laughs> and the Gear Gods article says, repeat forever, <laughs> the new boss RC 600 it looks very 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 impressive and i love watching people who know how to use loop pedals use loop pedals and i'm not one of them i i get very easily confused but well i think looks,
1: with a pedal like this you also yeah. can get very confused with something like a TC Ditto. You have one foot switch, and that does three or four different things, and you're good. But with the RC600, this is a fully fledged, you know, performance pedal for someone who is going to be doing multiple loops, playing things at different times, having different song segments, bringing them in and out, that kind of stuff. And it also looks like it has a, it doesn't have a touch screen, does it? But it has a big screen and lots of uh, lots of saving capabilities. It yep. almost looks like you can do tonal tweaking with it or something up there on the top left.
0: I what think are those little four can. knobs for? There's a bunch of like input effects and 53 track effects types. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what it is track effects, but yep. Uh, there's like DJ style effects like beat scatter and vinyl flicks so you can... You, you can like do vinyl flicks with one of the foot switches in your song, or like. I I just want to see someone, like really use the these. I remember like our friend Jay used to be. Like, I think he was part of one of the releases of such pedal, the smaller one, which is it's like a two hundred series looper. Mm-hmm. We are checking whether Jay's in this video as well. Is it someone else? No, there's a saxophone prep. Player, Wow, that's cool. Uh, yeah, look at the cable runs from this. Uh, we're watching like a promo video by Boss. Somebody just recorded like a saxophone jam. Now he's doing some percussion. What? Now he's going for the bass guitar. And he has a MIDI keyboard as well. And yeah, some people will get absolutely crazily creative with this one and this video kind of sucks without sound
1: <laughs> I say? that's what i was going to say do you think he's actually doing that live because the um, percussion loops that he did seem to be like literally a bar long and i'm guessing that what you yeah. can do with this pedal is have loops of different lengths running simultaneously mm-hmm. over each other as well otherwise it would make no sense we're gonna yeah. have to watch this with sound at some point to fully yes, understand it definitely
0: but... I don't know looks looks great uh another thing for me like I barely can do like a basic looper thing, but <laughs> I know some people will take it t- take one of these units and create something absolutely amazing with so yeah, cool
1: yeah I, I think a
0: lot of you know a lot
1: of people have their own unique uses for looper pedals. And what this one is clearly aimed towards is the kind of live performance that we just saw in the video there. Yep. And it looks like it's geared towards multi-instrumentalists too. So we had a guy playing pretty much everything there is to play. Saxophone, percussion, bass, two or three different keyboards, and he was singing at the end. So if you're just a lone guitar player at home and you want to lay down a 16-bar blues progression to do a... You know a solo over or something you probably don't need the r c. six hundred because it's way overkill. Mm. You can get by with the smallest boss looper, which is am I correct in saying the r c ten maybe could be not yeah, but they do a single stomp box size looper pedal, which is very very good as well,
0: yep, but i mean it look looks great and probably need to check a few videos to. Just marvel the stuff some people can do with this. I am not one of those people. And moving on to a second, like a fu- fun little release. The Riff Amplification has released their own noise gate, which is called a G8 or gate. Hey hey, hey. You know what? Yeah, it's the noise I've gate. I've never, cl- i would not clocked that before.
1: <laughs> I hadn't worked really? that out. Oh dear, no. Because I've always, I'd put it in context with the other pedals. You know, G two, G three, G four, G eight. I never once said gate. But there you go. You learn something every day. They're clever. Those guys at Rev, aren't
0: they? Wow. Yes, they are. And uh, it's basically based on the noise gate in the Rev's Generator One Hundred and Winnie Mark Three Amp. That amp has everything built in, including a coffee machine and like some sort of system that takes your dog out a couple times a day. And these statements have not been verified by ref amplification.
1: <laughs> if you could get one that could change a baby's diaper, I
0: think you definitely need to buy one right now. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's a gate pedal. And I know like, uh, Rev are at, at a point where there's fans of the brand and it just makes sense to release this, especially because it's based on the technology they already have and is it that different from other noise gates? Probably not, but then again some people will want to have as many Rev pedals on their board as they can uh, yeah. so to me it just makes sense
1: The price on this G8 is Am I right in saying 200 euros over yes. here in Europe and 200 dollars or thereabouts in North America which is it's not cheap that's for sure there are nope. there are other brands who have noise gate pedals that cost similar prices but I was just thinking the other day imagine if you had a board that had the G2 the G3 the G4 and now the G8 on it as well you're basically at the price of buying the D20 or the G20 amp <laughs> Which doesn't have a built-in noise gate, by the way. If I'm that is right, true.
0: yeah, no, it doesn't.
1: No, and I, I totally agree with you that I think that this is a this is a cool. I'm not going to call it a gimmicky pedal, but it's definitely like a niche value pedal for a lot of people. But it is certainly something that if you're a Rev fan, you will want to have this on your board because mm. if you know the generator, if you know Rev distortion pedals too you will know that everything they do is top quality, so this noise gate is going to really work. And at the same time, I do often find myself thinking that my G3 pedal is fairly noisy, because it is a big high-gain distortion pedal, you know. so having a noise gate would be kind of cool for it. Am I going to spend €200 Euros on the G8 noise gate for it? I don't think so, but I would love to try it, and if it turns out it's the best noise gate I've ever tried in the world ever, then I might do it, but it's yeah. it's kind of a push for me. Two hundred bucks mm. for a, for a noise gate. Although that clever yeah. name, uh, I yeah. do
0: like that name <laughs> indeed, uh, and kind of cool. I think I've just it.
1: revealed my stupidity as opposed to any you know rev doing it cleverly. But there uh, you go.
0: Well, we take turns on this show to do that, so maybe today was yeah. your day. We're
1: very good at that. Yeah. Yes,
0: Indeedio. And uh, speaking of Indeedio, let's move on to something funky because Solid Gold Effects has released. <laughs> Gigas. solid gold effects gets funky as hell with the new super funk pedal and our friend jay has demoed that and we're, to- we're talking about anything funky i couldn't I-, I can't think of anyone else who's better to demonstrate something like this than jay because he's funky he's
1: the funkiest guy i know
0: on youtube anyway yeah, pretty much. So this uh, is, this is
1: a fun- an Envelope Filter, right? Or an Ottawa, yeah. effectively. Kind of, yeah,
0: pretty much. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting that we've seen with- a couple of different companies do that recently. Most mm, sure. uh, most significantly for me, the, the Karl Martin Ottawa, which was at 42 Gear Street 3 and was released just after that. This is a yeah. pedal which I also see as being rather niche, in many ways, are you a fan of envelope filters or auto wires? I can't imagine I it mean, really it, fits into your style too much.
0: Well, uh, it depends. What I would play, play like I, I love something like this instead of, um, you know, like a wah pedal. I'd rather have this yeah. instead. But I very, very rarely have situations where I need one. So. And this is a very specific thing for just a few different styles that I don't play. So, yeah. Yeah. I like know what you mean. It. I agree with I ha- you totally. I, yeah. I have no use for it. That's that's the only thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Same for me. But that design is fantastic. I love the, yeah, it looks cool. the retro 70s vibe to it. It looks, it looks really, really funky. It looks a lot funkier yep. than the Karl Martin Ottawa, I have to admit. That's true. But yeah, I, the, the more modulation pedals that I see, and thinking about this one, the more it makes me think that the people who are really doing it right are the people who are making multi-modulation effects pedals, mm. where you've got 10 or 11 or 12 of those kind of slightly off-kilter weird effects. And for guys like us, who might want to have, for 1% of our playing time, something like an auto wah, it's one of the 10 or 11 effects on that pedal. And yeah. for the rest of the time, we just won't use it. And we can use other modulation effects like a chorus or whatever, you know, like a yeah. phaser or a flanger, whatever takes our fancy that day. Because there's, <laughs> for me, I can't think of any songs off the top of my head where auto wire is a specific thing that I would need. But we've talked quite a bit about the Foo Fighters recently, and they have a couple of tracks that I quite like to play. And it would be much better if I did have a phaser on my board, for example, mm. to do breakout. Um, but yeah I definitely don't want to have a whole phaser pedal on my board because it's just not worth it for me
0: so there you go but for some people this could be a great choice for all of that funky stuff Uh, as we mentioned Jay is great at something like this yeah We're, Uh we're
1: watching him silently and you can we can't hear anything but you can feel the funk emanating yes, through his body and fingers as he yeah. plays silently for us there. There's another video I'm going to have to watch right, right after we finish filming this. Yeah, definitely. And then probably buy yeah. the pedal, <laughs> which I don't
0: need <laughs> and will never use. It might happen. You never know. <laughs> Moving on to yeah. the next one. And with the kind of title you can see on the, <laughs> on the YouTube version, you can kind of date me because I wrote Honey, I Shrunk, The Memory Man... And yes, indeed, Electro Harmonix has shrunk down the classic Deluxe Memory Man, which, by the way, I think this is a fantastic idea. The original Memory Man Deluxe is quite big. It's size of like four regular stomp boxes, if not bigger. Yeah, And now there's a nano version of it.
1: That yeah, exactly. Great. Perfect. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And apparently it has less noise than the original. Oh. And of course... It's smaller, like you said, and you can plug a standard nine volt power supply into it, which you couldn't do with the originals. And it's how much two hundred dollars or thereabouts. Which for electroharmonics mini pedals is not cheap, but this is the real deal. I I can't wait to try one of these. Yeah. Again, I'm actually totally going against what I just said about the AutoWar pedal, (laughs) because I have the Empress. Delay system, which has all the delays I could ever want on it, including delays that sound very much like this, like the Memory Man, or like any other delay ever, and there's going to be a bunch of people out there who also have the Strymon Timeline, or other big delays which are available, but they will all want this, because the Deluxe Memory Man is just one of the classics, and I think this is going to sell like the proverbial hotcakes. In Finland, is there a proverbial food that sells a lot?
0: Like, uh, that's a good question. Polar bear pancakes. <laughs> Would you have something called uh, musta which is like a black sausage, which is basically like, uh, is it like rice and like, it's made out of like rice, meat, and like some animal's blood, basically? Sounds delicious. It's actually very good, but. <laughs>
1: I'll try if I ever come to Finland. We do have black pudding in other parts of the world too, or mm. blood pudding as the Americans call it, which is
0: yeah,
1: sorry, which is made with blood. But yeah, what's it called in Finnish?
0: Uh, The sausage I just mentioned. Yeah, it's mustamakra. Literally means black sausage. (laughs) Mustamakra. I hope we don't get demonetized for this, but.
1: You, you heard it here first, the Electro Harmonix Nano Deluxe Memory Man is going to sell like Mustamakra in Finland, and it's going to sell like hot cakes in the rest of the world.
0: Exactly. And also want to mention that uh, Catholic Fridays is a safe zone where you're free to contradict yourself on every single segment as many times as you want. That's kind of what we do here.
1: Yeah, that's good. We're a family-friendly... All intelligence levels friendly show. And that includes yes, the presenters. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, back <laughs> yeah, to this. With... It's. It... Yeah, carry on. Sorry. Before we get back no, to it. No,
0: nothing. I was about to make a stupid joke. We're going to skip that one for
1: this. Time. Ah, the moment's gone. S- save it for next ah, week. But getting back to will, this I Deluxe will. Memory Man Nano, it looks like a lot of fun. I'm starting yeah, to reason. get a little bit, what's the word? Not fed up or sick of. I'm starting to wish that they would do slightly different, more kind of 21st century demo videos of their products. Mm. But um,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, they I'm don't pretty don't sure do... this is going to be really, really good. Yeah, they don't work without a YouTuber. I just remembered that. It seems like they don't.
1: And they always have um, Bill Ruppert doing their demos. I recognize his mm. hand from the thumbnail that we're looking at there. He's a <laughs> killer player and an amazing presenter. And but, I would also like to see them in future doing some slightly more modern themed demos with more modern yeah. kind of song-based usages of these pedals. But there you go, just a little yeah. wish from me. I'm sure there's going to be so many people buying this pedal, and so many YouTubers as well are going to go out and spend their own money on this and do their own videos of it, which is going to be really good.
0: Yeah, cool stuff. I, I I'm actually like genuinely interested in in this one because um, I kind of want like. I've done two like church gigs this fall already and in both I played the acoustic guitar but I paired it with some like shimmer like the Boss RV6 and used the shimmer mode on that as well I borrowed that from my friend and it's so much fun especially if we had like a fairly small band like the amount of space you can fill with that reverb pedal and then if I would also pair it with this like I could have all of this ambient background stuff happening without, like, it's really muddying up. Because, again, the Deluxe Memory or Nano Deluxe Memory Man, that's a handful of words to say, First Uh Yeah, like, Nano Deluxe Memory Man would be perfect with its, like, blend knob to have, like, that modulated, beautiful delay thing going on. I think it yep. has, like, a... Is there, like, a tone control for it as well? I think there might be. So like yeah, I think down there is. delays, yeah, and then reverb's going on in the background. Uh, who knows? I might be doing some ch- not church, but like uh, my sister was asked to do like a wedding gig, and I have a suspicion she might ask me to join her as well. So like we could do go there, do but have like a very ambient big sound, with just two of us and an acoustic guitar with something like this. So it could be cool.
1: Yeah, and obviously it's one great other for thing the electric
0: that- guitar as well.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. One other thing that I just wanted to mention about this pedal is that it's come at the perfect time as well. Obviously, you know, Christmas yeah. coming up in a couple of months, but also again from 42 Gear Street 3 there was the release of the new J Rocket audio pedal the Clockwork, oh, which yeah, was effectively, true. you know, a full-sized newer version of this pedal designed in conjunction with the chap who designed the original Memory Man. And so, yep. for Electro to bring this out right now is, well, it's let's just say there's healthy competition in the marketplace for these pedals now, because you know the original Electro Harmonix ones, despite the fact that they're huge and hard to power and they fill your board up and stuff like that, the prices are going up and up and up. They're getting rarer and rarer, and so this is this is great timing. I'm yep. really excited Absolutely. about this pedal. We. We've been off for two weeks, and I've seen a bunch of great gear that I want to test out from from doing this show.
0: Yeah, it feels like it's always like ramping up a little bit before Christmas. Then, like early January is fairly quiet, except like if stuff for Nam leaks. It will actually be interesting to see, like now that the Nam show is in June, like whether there will be like a steady release of stuff during the first five months or so of 2022 or whether like everyone will just dump a bunch of stuff they plan to release in Atnam out like in the early weeks of 2022. We'll see. Uh, Let's move on to something rare and something like most of us will not be able to afford. Fender unveils the new violin master guitar inspired by 1730 like Yeah, seventeen thirty Stradivarius, which is like a very, very famous violin. And this thing looks very, very interesting. Uh, First of all, each of the guitars, it's a limited run, 60 guitars. Each of them are priced at 30K US dollars. Uh, And they're basically, yeah... It, it, there's strong like violin vibes with it it has a very interesting looking uh, bridge for example very actually like a violin like bridge as yes. you can see on YouTube at least and yeah there's like multiple saddles on it as well I'm trying to I remember reading about the pickups so I just forgot which. Ah, uh, there's a pair of TV Jones Thunderblade humbuckers and there's also three passive piezo pickups. So not only this is like a very like collectible item, but I bet it also sounds very unique.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet it does. Uh, you know, for anyone who is going to be in the market for unique guitars and also likes, you know, maybe collecting classic other kinds of instruments, then... The thirty thousand dollars for them is gonna be a snip for this guitar because yeah, it's it's proper unique. I don't reckon we'll see this getting played on any stages anywhere near us anytime soon. This is the kind yeah, of guitar so. that would be behind a glass shelf at the NAM show and you'd look through it and there'd be people taking photographs of it, but Yeah. I can't ever imagine a normal person playing it. But I think it looks amazing
0: mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, it's the custom shop, so why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, in the article they mentioned that it has a Bosnian flame maple neck. I'm, I'm not sure if Bosnia has like specific type of maple or something, but they mentioned it separately in the article, so I guess there's some reason for that. That's probably where um, he
1: Stradivari got his wood from uh, back in the yeah. day.
0: They're probably that trying to mimic sense. it as
1: much as possible.
0: Ah, I see. So it has like a violin-style floating bridge and you have four different uh, interchangeable saddles. You have a bronze one, ocean, coral, buffalo horn, and ebony. So you can actually tweak the tone of the guitar by swapping the saddle on the bridge. Interesting.
1: That's amazing. Uh, I wonder how significant the differences are. Again,
0: it's going to be very... Fair,
1: yeah, quite a lot actually. Yeah, I would guess fairly different. I think yeah. the only possibility that we have to hear this guitar demoed anywhere online is by the Trogleys Guitar Show. We'll have to check mm-hmm. out if he's gonna gonna have one. Oh, unless there's yeah. good samples in the video from Fender themselves.
0: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I don't know. There, there's something fun about like uh, Fender doing something like this not something i, I kind of i i won't even if i would be able to afford it i think i would still get it but i kind of appreciate the craftsmanship and someone doing something a bit different so yeah
1: exactly yeah. and i i think it's this is not a guitar that's been made for any kind of specific guitar player this is a guitar which is 100% produced for people who like to collect exclusive instruments that basically nobody else has so in a way Indeed. making 60 of them it's not that exclusive. They could have made 10 or something maybe but
0: Did I you say know 60 was 60. I thought you said oh, yeah, it was 60. Yes. Yeah. For, for some reason only I 60 of them it was that... 30, but it was Yeah, 30, yeah 60 30, doesn't feel that dollars. exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not that exclusive but maybe like they got an like X amount of wood and like saw that hey we can like build 60. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Most nice. Why not? <laughs> if you can afford, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not is my like conclusion to this news. Moving on to the next one, the Epiphone BB King Lucille model is finally out, and yeah, Epiphone has finally launched the uh, eagerly awaited BB King Lucille model. And there's like a varitone switch on it. It doesn't have F holes, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And it has the '60s Kalamazoo headstock. Uh, so is that a different one from the new Epiphone one? Then yeah, Looks it's kind of similar. it's
1: kind of the one that you see on lots of the semi-hollow models. But it is the newer version mm-hmm. of that for Epiphone, anyway. So yeah, it's correct headstock and this guitar was teased and teasered a long time ago wasn't it it's been months and months I, yeah since we've been waiting for it the best part of a year i guess and now finally it's here and i'm sure this is going to be an excellent guitar oh yeah just looking at the article ever since emily yeah. wolf shared a sneak peek of it eight months ago the epiphone bb king lucille model has been highly anticipated and finally gets an official release today so there you go And of course, Emily Wolfe has her own signature Sheraton model, if I'm Mm. correct, which came out in the last year and is also a very, very cool looking guitar. Epiphone are really, really doing good stuff at the moment.
0: Yeah, I have to agree.
1: One thing we missed, by the way, was that last week, Epiphone released another Joe Bonamassa signature, Les Paul. We haven't talked about that. Yeah, another one of the fifty nines. Yeah, <laughs> who
0: would have guessed that he'd yeah, go fifty nine? I'm shocked. That's <laughs> why so I'm going to do one of the thumbnail faces. <sighs> yep.
1: So it was real. It wasn't just yes. a thumbnail shot that you took at some other time to add into the
0: thumbnail. There you go. Exactly. The, the emotion was genuine. Yeah, but I kind of, I, I like, I have, I semi-hollow black Gibson ish guitar but I still kind of like this a lot. I want. I also would love to hear how it sounds with not it not having like F holes. Does it affect the electric sound that much? It's definitely different sounding when you have it in your lap and you're you're playing not like unplugged but yeah. Comes with great hardware as well. Like Rover road, automatic tuners and there's a graph tech knot as well. Twenty-two median jumbo frets, maple center blocks, spruce binding. Yeah. It's
1: not And again, the fact like, the fact that it has no F holes means that there is a plate on the back of the body which gives you easy yeah. access to the, oh, yes. the pickups and the wiring inside if you ever want to change anything or need to fix anything, and that's a major plus for for semi-hollow guitars.
0: Yeah, it looks absolutely amazing in this photo. Yeah. We're watching on YouTube. It it is interesting that
1: they've made it quite different to what you would imagine a Lucille to be. Mm -hmm. You know, no F-holes. Yeah. But, there we go. Not
0: sure. Yeah, not sure why. Uh, It's not like, I wouldn't call this Cheap because it's uh, nine hundred thirty nine euros on Thoman. but then again, this is where Epiphone has kind of been going for a while now. The Slash models, I think, they were like eight hundred ish euros as well. Yeah, but you're getting great hardware and most likely a great build quality as well. And as we've talked about before, like some artists are actually playing the Epiphones now. Matt Heafy from Trivium yeah. has a signature before, uh, Jared, Jared James, Nichols, someone else I'm forgetting right now. They're playing those guitars live. Lee Malia from Bring Me the Horizon. Yes, exactly. You
1: yeah. know, I'm just looking at Google Image Search, by the way, and actually B.B. King's guitar, the one that he used, and the Gibson model, they don't have f holes either. So I clearly
0: had ah, yeah. the wrong image
1: sense. in my head. So there we go. Yeah. So actually yeah. they're not doing anything different. <laughs> That's exactly how he had his.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Will I buy it? Uh probably not because I kind of have something like that in my possession already, but
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah, sure. That I, I Again, feel like I, this guitar is more for, you know, blues players, blues fans.
0: Yeah. Indeed. Yeah But there you go Bunch of Cool stuff mm-hmm. Was Released And next we want to Go To Everyone's Favorite segment Where we can Talk about Our favorite Favorite albums And things Like that Albums Of Our Lives Like plastic On the CD shelf These are the Albums Of our lives All right Album pick of the week, and just a second, I just lost a window here that I was supposed to show. Album pick of the week, and this is my pick, is... Boom! Dream Theater Metropolis Part 2 Scenes from a Memory. And this is probably like top three most influential albums for me. Like it, it's definitely in the top three. Uh, this wasn't the first thing I heard from Dream Theater, but once I started to go through their catalog, uh, I like the images and words quite a lot. But this was the album that kind of blew my mind and made me fall in love with the band. First of all, this album was released in October. October uh, 1999 and it was the band's like first concept album. It's a concept album and there's like a story that goes through the whole album and it tells the story of a Nicholas who goes to like a therapist and the therapist makes him fall asleep and from there he starts seeing this woman who was i think tragically killed and i'm not going to reveal the whole story and tell that you have you'll have to listen to the album to figure it out but yeah it was the first concept album and they've actually done at least one or two since then as well and it was also the first album with the new keyboard player jordan rudas who joined the band after they had done one or was it or Already two albums of Liquid Tension Experiment, which was like an instrumental thing between Mike Portnoy, uh, John Petrucci, uh, uh, Jordan Rudess, and then Tony Levin on bass. So like this instrumental wibbly-wobbly thing. And yeah, Jordan Rudess joined the band as a keyboard player for this album and has been in the band ever since. So over 20 years now already. And yeah... Uh, what kind of gave them idea to make this album was actually like on Images and Words, which is their second album, the first album with the kind of the singer, I, I want to say, James Labrie, Labrie, I don't know how to probably pronounce his last name. Uh, Yeah. On that Images and Words album, they had a song called Metropolis Part 1, The Miracle and the Sleeper. And it, it, like that song was a fan favorite and there's like a story going on and fans had been asking for years for them to kind of continue that story in some other song. And what they basically did was, uh, yeah, continue that story and just create a whole album around it and they're like cool little details like the last chord uh, on that images and words albums song that kind of inspired the whole thing the last chord is the same chord that kind of picks up this album and like if you would listen those two in a row there would be like a continuation thing going on between those two albums which is really cool oh excuse me and there's also a detail where this this uh, Scenes from a memory album ends, it ends in like static noise and the next album actually picks up from there as well. So they're doing this kind of storytelling thing there. The album was also a very monumental for the band in the sense that uh, this was the fir- first album they produced themselves, which was cool. And they actually, like everyone else except John and Rudis, who was really new in the band, uh, they shared uh, the cover, like they co-wrote cover- all of the lyrics for these songs. They basically like, they mapped out the story and then everyone, like, everyone was assigned certain songs and then they wrote the lyrics and created this whole kind of narrative from the first song to the last one. And there's something really cool about that as well. Haven't personally ever experienced anything like that where we would like co-write a like, full album worth of stories and everyone would like have their angles on them in different parts of the story and um, just musically i to me personally this is like maybe the peak of <laughs> dream theater in many ways uh, the story and the songwriting and all of the kind of soundscape and soundscapes and like how they like pair different parts of the story with different kinds of music is really cool. Sometimes it's slower and ambient. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's very beautiful. Sometimes it's dark, it's dark and aggressive. And yeah, they definitely were inspired by a lot of bands like Pink Floyd or I think does Rush also, like they're huge Rush fans, obviously, and heavily influenced by them. I think, uh, they took from Rush quite a lot onto this album as well. And yeah, I'm going to say it's an absolute classic in like prog rock, prog metal genre, if that's a genre. And yeah, I absolutely love this album. I actually listened to it yesterday from the beginning till the end. And it still holds up production-wise, songwriting-wise. I love it. Very nice. What year is it from? Uh, 1999. 1999,
1: so it's 22 years old. I've never heard that album, but it's the one Dream Theater album that when I think about Dream Theater or when I you know remember them, when I was more into kind of heavier music and was reading Kerrang! magazine and Metal Hammer and stuff like that, that was the album that everybody said was the best one by Dream Theater. So I've yep. got to listen to it. And I will. Yep. That's the way you've described it makes it pretty intriguing to me. I'm not sure how I feel about concept albums as a whole. I don't actually know how many of my favorite albums are concept records. And in fact, mm. you could probably say that every album is a concept album in a way, but if it <laughs> tells like one cohesive story, then... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to listen to it and then I will give you my feedback as to what I think about the album. But we've discussed Mm. Dream Theater before, haven't we? You know, in terms of their artistry and musicianship and songwriting craft, they're one of the very best around. It's just a case of whether you understand them or not. And I'm still at the stage, you know, you've given me that playlist of some easy to manage Dream Theater songs. I'm at the stage where I'm trying to get into it a bit more. But I think... You know, in terms of albums of our lives, this is also going to be one that I think resonates with lots of people who listen to and watch Capric Fridays. There's probably a whole bunch of Dream Theater fans out there. Dream Theater yeah. fans. Not easy to say.
0: Yes, that's true. That's surprisingly difficult Dream to put Theater th- those fan. Dream Theater fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Did you ever see them live? Like uh, I've seen them twice at least twice. like have
1: you seen them live around the time of that record because I'm also wondering uh, with concept albums like that it makes sense in in my opinion for bands to play live shows where they play the whole record did they ever do uh, that do I th-
0: you know I, I think they've done that but I haven't seen those like I've, the times they've been in Finland uh, well first of all it's been like not 10 years I think the first time I saw them was maybe 2006 or something like that so way later than they like I think they had two or three albums more out at that point or maybe actually probably 2008 uh, I've seen them play a lot, of, a lot of these songs live from this album because it's also like a fa- fan favorite and people are really looking forward to a bunch of the songs from this album and um, yeah I, I would love To like see a show where they're actually like doing the whole album. And since it's a bit over 20 years since this came out, um, my guess would be that they might have done something like that when there was like a 20 year anniversary of this album. So 2019. Yeah,
1: maybe they did. Yeah. Or maybe they'll do it for 25, which would be in 2024. So not long ago. Yeah, so not
0: that long, long to wait actually.
1: Mm. Wow, twenty five years since an album like yeah. that was put out. Crazy!
0: It's yeah, amazing exactly. that the
1: the continued influence and importance that Dream Theater and all the musicians in the band have in their respective, you know, instrument circles. John yeah, Petrucci, for example. It's... I was I was talking with Thomas Blue last night on the Blue Guitar live stream uh, about Steve Lukather a bit and Mm. i put those two into kind of a similar sort of category for me and that i've never been personally too into the bands that they both have but in terms of them as guitar players and people the records that they've played on the songs that they've written the performances that they've done and the gear that has their names on you know Mm. the lucifer and petrucci signature models they're some of the best known electric guitars out there and there's probably a bunch of people who own and love those guitars who have never really even listened to records by either of those guys, at least not knowingly. I mean, if you've ever listened to the radio, you've heard a song that Lucas has played on. But yeah, it's interesting how things like that work. Very good choice. Yeah, Well done. <laughs> Thank I you. I commend you for your choice <laughs> this week.
0: Thank you. Um, a brief mention, I actually went back and listened to the 59 sound we talked about. Two weeks ago. Uh listened to it actually a few times and also my daughter loved it as well. She was like into the first second.
1: Kids know. Kids have, have that pure soul where they,
0: they Yes. They know what's exactly. good.
1: They don't have any kind of preconceptions or any kind of you know, they're not twisted by any manipulation that they've externally received elsewhere beforehand. so, so that's great. But yeah. we're coming from two very different sides when we're talking about these albums, aren't we? I mean, the 59 Mm. sound and that folk, punk, rock noise compared to the ultra-precision concept songwriting of Dream Theater. It's so (laughs) different, and yet, on a bass level, it's just four or five guys in a room with guitars, bass, drums, and
0: voice. Yeah. And that's how amazing music is. Yeah, with this this album, a lot of the stuff they uh, actually like they had like jam sessions, and like in in the article I'm going to throw here as well in the show notes, they actually linked to like a twenty something minute jam where there's a lot of the parts for these songs available. So they yeah they just basically jammed and then started like listening to what they had come up with during that jam and then kind of worked on the details of the song. There's something really, really cool about that. Something that I really miss, actually, like, finding like-minded friends and jamming and then seeing, like, what could happen from those initial jams, maybe one day. You never know. Exactly. But to me, this is probably, like, the pinnacle of this band or something like that, like, The songwriting, like, I I kind of feel a lot of concept albums are kind of, I don't know, not cheesy, but I don't know, like, they're kind of not cool, it doesn't really work for me most of the time, but... It might be either the fact that I heard this album in my teens and it just really like influenced me, and that's why I like it, or it's just a good concept album that actually works. One yeah, of those, exactly. but, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Or it's just a great, great album piece of work, and it just mm. so happens that it is a concept album, which could be it as well. But <clears throat> I definitely agree that you know the records that you listen to when you're going through your formative years as a teenager, transitioning from a child to a young person to a fully fledged adult that music stays with you. And the music yeah. that we've talked about so far on the four or five albums of our lives that we've done up to this point, it's all been from yeah. that kind of time frame, from when we were exactly. 13, 14, 15, through to early 20s, I think. I was thinking the past couple of days, could I possibly find an album that was released in the past five years to go into this segment? I actually don't know if I can. There are some great albums that have come Mm. out in that time, but most of my favorites are albums from bands that I loved from back in the day who are still going. And they're not as good, maybe, as the albums from back in the day, but maybe that's because you know, when you were an adolescent, that music just took over you completely, whereas now we're adults with jobs and families and responsibilities and mortgages or whatever. Music doesn't get to you in the same way. I don't
0: know. Yeah, could be like, there's actually a video on Adam Neely's channel where he talks about this, like, there's been some studies that when you're around, I don't know, 15-ish or so, like, that's when your musical taste is kind of formed, and like, at this like the basis of that is kind of, I, I don't know, cemented at that age, and then you kind of, I've obviously had more on top of that as the years go by, but like. Basically, his conclusion was like, yep, I grew up listening to new metal music, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And me and Adam being pretty much exactly the same age, uh, I kind of have to agree, though, I was exposed to other music styles as well. So I feel I'm kind of all over the place.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's the same for me. But if Adam nearly says it, I'm happy to go along with that. He knows what he's talking about.
0: I kind of want to go with that challenge, though. Like, could I find like, do I actually have something that's been released uh, within the previous, like, past five years that has actually really influenced me? Uh, I'll give that question a thought or two before it's my time to pick and see if I could actually like find something. Yes, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it might be quite a challenge
0: for us. Yeah, could be. But I I want to give it a try. Anybody.
1: Listening at this point, what are the best guitar-based albums? Well, they don't have to be guitar albums, but what are the best albums by bands that have been released since since about 2015? Give us a little mention in the comments of what some of your recommendations would be, and we'll have a listen and see if we can come up with something. Yep. Maybe we even have some yep. younger viewers who actually are 15 or 16 right now, so they're actually getting formed in terms of what their musical taste is, and they can tell us what they like.
0: I feel so old
1: saying things like that.
0: Good. Oh, well. Yes. (laughs) We're not young anymore. That's the thing. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of not being young, let's uh, answer some of your questions and comments next. And yeah, I'm curious to hear what Richard's pick will be next week, but that will be next week. Questions? And comments, questions, and comments. I just realized it feels a tiny bit silly to say hey, let's questions and comments, and then the intro segment intro immediately says questions and comments. But yeah, let's go with that. Comment number one. Come on, work. There, there you go. Oh, uh, I'm gonna a long one. Yes, it's a long one. And just a second, I need to make the text bigger so I can actually read what's going on. Yes, Paul Leonard Ewing comments on our uh, last week's, like we, we did a bonus episode, backup episode of Harley Band and Ailis. Guess I was on par- parenting leave or something like that. <laughs> well, I literally was on parenting leave. Yeah, we talk about the Harley Bend and Ailis and he brings out a great point saying, uh, Revolta have bo- brought... Out the Regatta 7, which is a similar guitar uh, designed by Dennis Fano and made in Korea. The final setup is done by Novo in Nashville, so it comes out of the box with the feel of one of the Gume guitars. It is easily in the league, if not better than Gibson. At $1,500, it feels a middle ground entry level for any American-made guitar is same, so it fits the budget of many. It too holds its own from jazz to metal. In short, it makes an instant and noticeable impression even on a simple demo. The metal sound is full but has no semi-honk and jazz sounds are warm and rich yet has a beautiful definition. Uh, I'm very very curious about the Revolta guitars because I've seen a bunch of fano guitars and our friend Iring is Irik is a huge fan of... He has like a Fano, mm. like a Firebird type guitar. And that thing sounds amazing for yes. a bunch of different styles. This is interesting. I don't remember Revolta guitars, even though I think I've heard of them. We need to check them out. I've heard of them and I, I believe I played one a couple of years ago at a
1: show, but I don't remember, which isn't necessarily a huge compliment, but... I love the aesthetics and the look of Revolta guitars. Yeah. They they have this retro vibe going on, but I think they also have the build quality too. And I checked out the the Regatta while you were reading mm. Paul's comment there, and it does look fantastic. I mean, obviously for yep. $1,500, we're at three times the price of the Aeolus, which is what um, this comment relates to, our chat about the Harley Benton Aeolus. But yeah everything that paul says makes sense are you familiar with paul by the way i mean i've i recognize his his name and face from my channel he's commented on a few of my videos and he mm. seems to know his thing so i agree yes. <laughs> it's uh... absolutely right yeah whenever he comments on my videos he always <laughs> brings me new gear things to look at new bits of information <laughs> and seems to have his finger on the pulse of the industry and i think he's had that for a number of decades, based on based on what he seems to know, so definitely something yeah. to check out.
0: I, I do remember him. I'm trying to think whether Paul is the one who commented on a video that you and I did at GitCon 2017 uh, that I ended up taking down because there was a factors I didn't kind of weigh before I made that video, and I think Paul was the one who okay. kind of pointed those out. Might be but he he has stayed as a subscriber since then, I think. Paul, if you're watching this and it was indeed you who made that comment. Uh great to see you. (laughs) Great to see (laughs) that you're still here after all this time. And yeah, I'm really, really interested in the revolver guitars. I I need to check those out at some point. Because that looks really interesting. So thank you. It's definitely not the same as the ALS just because of the price. But like there's so many fantastic professional-level options now at like 1500 ish dollars or so. So that's really cool. Yeah. We'll have to check those out and maybe we might end up commenting those next week. And yeah. Moving on to question number two or comment number two. And this is an interesting one. I'm going to say uh, Barry L., comments on my Harley and ALS review uh, that <laughs> he said that it's a pity that it's overdriven any guitar sounds good when you put pedals or effects on it and basically I, I kind of continued the discussion and he says that the only way to demo guitars properly is to demo them with like a fully clean sound do you agree?
1: Uh, yes <laughs> no i don't know that's why in my demo videos i play every kind of music genre that i can think of so if someone says it needs to be clean so you know what it sounds like i say well you've got a couple of minutes of clean noodling as well i totally understand <laughs> the point i mean let's say let's use barry as an example if barry is someone who plays his guitar music clean and he wants that sound then and A demo where overdrive is coming from a pedal or an amp is just not going to give him what he needs to know what the guitar sounds like. So in that context, it works. But let's say you were demoing a Harley Benton Fusion T, you know, the double humbucker equipped telecaster type guitar that we looked at earlier in the show. If you just did a demo of that guitar clean, well, you'd know what the pickup sounded like clean, but I think 99% of people who would be buying that guitar are not buying it to have it sound clean. So it's all about usage scenarios. So, yeah, it's, I mean, Barry is right in his context, if that's what his context is. But in another context, I feel like, for me, variety is the spice of life. That's why I play a little bit of everything in the videos that I do. With my videos, I always try and answer every question that I would have about a guitar. So if someone would want to know what it sounded like clean, that's in there, overdriven as well my poor attempts at metal that's in there as well in terms of every guitar sounding good when you put an overdrive pedal in front of them also depends on the overdrive pedal but yeah i mean you know once you start driving it more and compressing it 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 gets that rock and roll vibe and it might lose some of its uniqueness that's for sure what do you think by the way vlad i mean you've continued your discussion with barry in the comments but tell us here give us the benefit of your knowledge
0: Um, so like in a way I, okay, let's put it this way. I get Barry's point, but then again, uh, for example, I'm going to say that anything with, let's say EMG pickups, like high gain pickups, those pretty much never sound good clean, but when you put them through a fairly decent amount of overdrive or distortion, all of a sudden, you get what's they fuss about with those pickups. So, yeah. with some guitars, some music styles, I would actually agree. Maybe it's, sometimes it would be better to demo those clean, or maybe it's like slightly overdriven. But then again, some guitars are designed to be rock and roll machines or metal machines. And actually, with Ales, the Tesla pickups are fairly hot. I've been I've, I've been tracking a bunch over the past week or so oh, excuse me and I think it actually has the hardest pickups of all of the guitars I have here so well my oh, 10 wow. is okay. a single but then there's the 335 which one is way well laced output same goes with my Volos as well actually which surprised me the a is way harder than any of those other guitars yeah so by the way though it feels didn't like
1: you include cl- some clean jazz playing in your ALS video yeah I did. Oh, okay. So at least but, at least you had some clean sounds in that.
0: Definitely. I mean, it like wasn't just clean, and then maybe, also, Yeah, and there's this funky type of thing, which is almost clean. But then again, I'm also a fan, like, to me, the best clean sounds aren't like 100% clean, but there's like a little bit of, I don't know, let's use the term shizzle on top of it, where it kind of feels more live and just more kind of musical to me at least like you don't yeah, i know i know kind of you realize there's overdrive going on but it's there and if you take it out it sounds dull and lifeless after that
1: yeah it's that so. iconic edge of breakup kind of a tone yeah. where if you dig in a, a little bit it starts to crunch up and compress some but if you play lightly or roll the volume knob down just a touch it's absolutely pristine clean so there you go yeah but yeah i mean just talking again about the Aeolus very briefly, in your video, you had one song with, I think, six or seven different genres of music in it. And in the video mm-hmm. that I did, I ha- I covered as many different genres, if not more. And that, for me, is actually kind of one of the main selling points of the Aeolus anyway. It can actually do everything. And I think people will be buying it mostly to do everything with it. Yeah. At least that's how I see it. Because although it is a semi-hollow guitar, and a lot of semi-hollow guitars are aimed more towards... The classic end of the market, I feel that the ALS is kind of using that classic aesthetic and marrying that to modern functionality and things like that mm. roasted flame maple neck with stainless steel frets and the hot Tesla pickups. It's built to be able to do everything. So yeah, to answer Barry's question, which wasn't a question, it was a statement. Yeah, <laughs> I think we both get where Barry's coming from, but... Th- there's more to it than that as well. If if you yeah. need there to be more to it,
0: yeah, yeah. But, but an interesting point. That. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of interesting points, uh, comment number three comes from 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 Hugh Zuck, and he mentions that Isaac. this is on my my Mylite BT, so like a tiny practice amp. Thing. The fact that I even w- wear a new X promotion shirt does not affect me in what I'm saying about the product. <laughs> uh yeah, I agree in the sense like the optics kind of don't look good in a way. You I mean like I'm wearing a new X shirt demoing a new X product. But then again, like it also comes down to the point like why like, what's the benefit of lying to all of my viewers, like, selling them something that I know is crap? Because when one of you people will will buy that product and it turns out to be crap, uh, you're not only going to stop watching what I do, you're mostly going to tell all of your your friends not to watch my stuff either. (laughs) Like, anyone who's into Guitar Gear we always, like, when we meet other friends, we chat with, like... For hours about the gear we've had, we've tried and stuff like that, and we also share experiences like okay about this thing and it wasn't good, ended up returning it, stuff like that. When word starts to get out that Vlad is selling, uh, like promoting products that are actually really bad, like nobody's going to watch what I do. Yeah, you can lose yeah. your
1: credibility
0: with something like that really, really quick. Yep,
1: in a case like
0: that. Uh, so. I genuinely think that I, yeah. for the money that I am was really good. I, I must confess that, that I
1: I haven't seen that specific video. I do apologize, Vlad, for not having watched one of your videos. There. You haven't
0: watched all one 300 I, or 400 videos. What's wrong with you? No, exactly.
1: Apologies. It's on my to-do list, I swear. But I mean, yeah, I totally understand where Hugh is coming from. With the comment, because it does seem like, oh yeah, a yeah. guy reviews products, wearing brands' merchandise. That seems like a thing. You know, you know me, my day job is working for one of these brands. I work for Blue Guitar, and whenever I go on Blue Guitar TV, I'm wearing a Blue Guitar shirt because that's what you do. So, yeah, I must also admit that I'm careful when I do my own YouTube stuff not to include my day job, the brand stuff in there. And I would have to really go out of the way to mention it if it was getting featured, you mm. know, but it's. I really think in this day and age with YouTube and with kind of the rules out there about advertising, it should be clear to people watching that they know that money and YouTube and stuff like that is a thing. And people make careers by doing reviews and product stuff on YouTube. And I'm not saying that's necessarily you, but that's just the way the world is today. And I'm guessing yep. that in that video, you have the little. Tick box saying, you know, product provided or you were paid or given the product or whatever. So it should all be good, but it it can still be confusing. And
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I mentioned in the video that a product has been provided, but it doesn't affect what I say. Like nobody has ever asked me to say anything about the product.
1: Yeah. And again, you don't, and I don't either. We don't know you personally, but. You know, I know you personally, and I know that the way you work with brands, because previously I've had that kind of working relationship with you, with Hughes and Kettner, and with Blue Guitar as well. I know that you're not someone just to, to fill for brands, as, as some people say. And I guess my final point would be that I like you a lot, because it appears that his profile picture is of a happy face piece of ham which I think I remember from my childhood, if that's what that is. Hugh, if that is a photograph of you, I apologize immediately and unreservedly. But I believe it's
0: a piece of kid's ham. So very good. There you go. Uh, I really don't know what to add to that. (laughs)
1: It is ham, isn't it? I'm going to have to come closer in just to look.
0: I'm not sure what it is. It's like some sort of face? Face? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that. a
1: piece of kids' ham. I'm going to have to find... I don't know what it's Google. called. Ham face. I should Google this after the show, shouldn't I? But there we go.
0: <laughs> Most likely. Why well, Why not do it now as well? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's exactly what it is. Oh, God, but... Yeah. Google Images is weird, isn't it? But yeah, if you Google ham face... The third one
0: is... Yeah. Yeah, this is what's you, you can get ham, is, ham with faces. Into, yeah, we're Googling ham with Billy faces Roll. now. It's called, it's called Billy Roll, according to Google. There you go. There you go. It's that. Uh all right. Before we wrap up, let's talk about Apologies. Beatles in just a second. In our segment. <laughs> I'm just moving on, sorry, but <laughs> it is Billy Roll, the, yeah. Okay. Beat Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> There's only so much time we can fit in one episode. Yeah. See, the fact that Hugh, you know, has his
1: Billy Roll on his profile, what does that tell us about his opinion? Is he being paid by Billy Roll to promote their That's meat-based true. products? Who knows?
0: Exactly. All right, we can watch. Let's go. Watching. It. Watching. It. Watching. It. Watching. It. video. Watch it. watch it. It's not like we have anything else to do. Yeah, this week's weekend watch is The Beatles Get Back official trailer for the upcoming. I'm still not sure whether it's like a movie or like a mini series. Oh, it's original Disney Plus original document docu series. That's a tough word for me to pronounce. Uh, directed by Peter Jackson, and also talked about. Uh, well, we talked about this before shooting the show. I it it feels weird to see all the people from the Beatles, like, talk, move, because I've seen a bunch of pictures of them over time, but I've never seen them talk or interact with each other and like that. And uh, this footage has been, like, very nicely, like, restored, and it looks amazing, uh, taking into account that this was shot in the 60s. So, yeah, the, this got me really really excited i need to renew my disney plus subscription for just to watch this one get it for a month or something because yeah does that mean that
1: it will also be playing in cinemas or does disney plus stuff not, sure. not go into the cinema because if it would be possible to watch this at a movie theater i would 100 oh yes do that i saw this trailer a few days ago i'm a huge beatles fan and I can't wait to, to see it. You know, I'm also a big fan of Peter Jackson as a as a movie director and him combined with the Beatles. I assume he's also a massive fan of the band. It's it's gonna be
0: Yeah.
1: It's gonna be really, really good. I mean, yeah, just watching them in colour, watching their interactions in the studio. This is all footage that hasn't been seen publicly for over half a century, yeah. and now suddenly we get to see it. The build-up to their final rooftop concert and the build up to their
0: breakup yeah
1: it looks really really cool
0: yeah and I think like in the trailer that for example elude to like you can see Yoko in a lot of clips like there's the guys from the band and then she's there as well and like there's probably like uh, some sort of drama going to happening during the recording sessions and stuff like that well as you mentioned like this was their last album, I think, 1969.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And they only had like X amount of days to write and record the albums. And Yeah. This is great. That looks like it's just going to be on the Disney Plus streaming service. But it's one yeah. of the well, more like affordable you say, ones. <laughs> yeah.
1: Worth getting a, you know, like a month subscription to yeah, it definitely. or whatever the...
0: The, the shortest
1: time you can commit to it is just to watch this because there is yeah. so much yeah, musical history months. going on
0: there. This looks amazing like in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean also I'm just... really excited about it.
1: Yeah, I mean for me personally too, there's something kind of cool about seeing the late 60s in colour, you know, that kind yeah. of counterculture era in London and presumably there'll be other parts of the UK and the world that you get to see but yeah, my parents were alive in England at that time as young people as teenagers or whatever, so it's going to be kind of cool to see what they saw when they were kids in this film yeah. too. Yeah. It, yeah, it looks exactly. like a great like a great watch. So yeah, it's only the trailer for you to watch this weekend everybody, yes. but in November but the it's... full documentary or movie or whatever it's going to be is going to be is going to be out, and it's going to be very good. And it's not long till November, actually. It's only a couple of weeks.
0: No, it's coming out very soon, actually. So uh, it's going to roll out over three days, so 25th, 26th, and 27th of November. So mark your calendars. It's Beatles time then. Yeah, exciting stuff. Can't wait to see this whole thing. But that wraps up Cat Pick Friday's episode number 33. I think because the last week's episode was a bonus thing thank you so much for watching and listening and as always uh, there's everything in the show notes all the links and basically anything we mentioned ways to support what we do as well and again shoot your comments and questions our way it's always fun to dive into those and Thank you so much for watching and listening. I'm waving a pen here. Promotional pen that was sent to me. Uh, somebody grabbed like an old logo from my old website and sent it to me with my logo and gave me a one-time offer to order a hundred more of these. Uh, nice. No, ain't gonna happen. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. I'm pretty sure of that. No, No more babies in the horizon I think or something like that so yeah thank you Rich once again this was fun and we shall see you next time bye podcast bye podcast